podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome along to an impromptu live Rangers Rabble podcast. I have to apologise to William and Will who thought they were coming on to record a podcast. But yes, I'm Martin and I'm joined by William and Will. Hello, gentlemen. We are live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Um, and for those of you on YouTube, if you're watching for the first time, subscribe, like on Twitter, share, retweet, all that nonsense. And if you want to help support the podcast further, we have now brought out the Super Chat function on YouTube. So if you want to send us in a wee Super Chat to help support the podcast, I'd be greatly appreciated. But anyway, enough with all the advertising nonsense and we shall get straight into the podcast, Willie. And obviously something that's been talked about um, that I don't know a great deal about, but I know you do, is Rangers and mm-hmm, possibly might have Colts in the Lowland League from next season. Can you explain? Yeah, look, it seems like quite an interesting thing that's come out. The club have obviously tried um, for the last wee while now to get into like League 2 and try and play in that, but that's basically been shot down on a few occasions now. So it uh, looks as though like, the Lowland League basically got in contact with Rangers and Celtic and asked them if there would be an interest there. And it looks as though both clubs are. Um, from what I've been reading, it looks as though there's some type of vote tomorrow. But I don't know if that's 100%, but that was what I was reading about. I think it would be great for our players. You know, I think it's something that's desperately needed. Basically, at the moment, for a lot of players, once they leave under 18 level, they're big gap before they play in the first team. The reserve league at the moment isn't really there, so the opportunity to potentially play in the Lowland League would be phenomenal, especially for a lot of the younger players. You know, getting that opportunity to play in men's football would be a huge step up. And if it does happen, I think it can only be a benefit for the whole of Scottish football. And the reality is, Rangers and Celtic are the test subjects in this. And... It's nothing to stop in the future Aberdeen or Hibs or Hearts or Dundee United or anybody else from doing it. But, you know, Rangers and Celtic are always going to be the guinea pigs in these situations because we can obviously see how it's going to work, see if supporters would turn up, if they could get a sponsorship deal, if they could get a television deal. All these things obviously become part of the chat. I know, and uh, well, if I'm trying to think of negatives for, for this, but I don't think there is any. What's your thoughts on the whole Colts and the Lowland League scenario? It depends how it's it depends how it's set up for me. Um, I think initially there'd certainly be interest from the supporters, I would imagine. Um, you know, just because it's something it's something different. And if they, but they need to schedule it properly. You know, I yeah. mean once fans are back in, they couldn't have the scenario where Rangers are at Ibrox and like the Colt team at the same time are playing wherever they'd be playing, I don't know, Spartans or whoever, in the lower league. Because you just simply wouldn't get a crowd. Mm-hmm. But you'd get, particularly for the, the more remote lowland locations, you'd get the local Rangers fans going to, going there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a great opportunity for parents to take their kids and maybe say, look, I'm not not comfortable taking my five, six, seven-year-old kid to Ibrox. Yeah. I probably couldn't get tickets to take them to an away game. You know, say you're in you live in Kilmarnock and the, the Colts have got a game in Ayrshire, but you could easily take the Colts game because there'll be one, mm-hmm. two or three hundred people at it. So it'll be, it'll be ideal from that point of view. I just worry that as the season goes on, people look at it and go, you know something, this isn't very good. 
you know, the, the facilities at the stadium, the, the grounds aren't very good. The opposition is not very good. So they just chuck it. But it's got to be worth a try, particularly if it's if it's the same. If I remember right from when they was talking them going into the League Two, Rangers and that other lot were, were talking about guaranteeing 150 tickets, ticket sales every every game or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if they were guaranteeing that for the, the lower league clubs, like you say, Mark, it's an absolute no-brainer. Why wouldn't they do it? Because that's probably more than they get anyway. Aye, well, we've got, we've got Graham commenting. It's definitely worth at least a year's trial, but like Wolf's saying there, Willie, and then we can judge it after seeing it in action. Do you take what Wolf says there, though, that you know that there might be some drawbacks, there might be some negatives to doing it? Well, the reality is that you're not expecting Premier League football at lower league level, you know, so there's that kind of base. And I think for me, like, I agree with Wolf on the first point he made, which is they couldn't play the games at the same time as the first team because then you're kind of you're sort of losing a potential small amount of fans that would potentially go to the game. It would probably make more sense to have them saying a Friday night at some of these places, you know. So if you had, say, an extra 100 people or 200 people turned up on the Friday night to watch the Colts play, if that happened every week over a season, it's a huge uptake for you know, for these lowly league clubs. And at, and at the moment, I believe there's no sponsorship for that league mm-hmm. and there's no television deal. Now, but well, there's no spot, but there's no sponsorship for the main league, Willie. So why should there be sponsorship? Oh, I know, but yeah, again, because the Rangers and Celtic being in that position, I mean, you saw what happened to Rangers when we dropped down the league. You know, the television companies were wanting to show every one of your games, whether it was Albion Rovers, whether it was anybody, you know. And I think that's the thing. Rangers are obviously going to go out there and see if they can get a sponsorship. And even if it's a hundred grand a year, well, if it's still a hundred grand that they're not going to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it can be a deal, you know, if they can get a television deal set up with BBC Alba or the BBC or Premier Sports, whoever it may be, that's just extra money that at the moment, quite simply, these teams are not going to get. And I get, well, I totally get why supporters are against it because they can see it as Rangers the Celtic trying to force their way into a league. But from my point of view, I see it. This is an opportunity for Scotland to take a step forward. There's so many other countries in the world who have B teams, and these B teams are a huge success for their main team. But for some reason in this country, as soon as Rangers and Celtic are spoken about, it's completely shot down because supporters have a gripe against Rangers and Celtic for every single thing on the planet, it seems like. This is only a test to see how it goes. So what's stopping Aberdeen in a year's time getting involved, or Hibs, or Hearts, as I said earlier? Absolutely nothing. So, I mean, in five well, well, years, just, I, sorry, well, I don't know if I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know the answer. To the question, but where would they play the home games? Would they play them at training centre? Yeah, well, I think at the moment there's no like set place for that. But I would imagine when everything comes out, i.e., if the vote gets through and the Colts are invited into the league, I would imagine Rangers would have a press release ready for you know these things to come out. Because clearly in the background, I don't think they would be able to play the games at the training ground because obviously the stand just wouldn't be big enough to cope. So I would imagine they would need to look at a facility where they'd be able to play their home games. Mm-hmm. But then the chat before was that out with the Rangers and Celtic Colt games, all games would be away from home. Right. So it would be okay. 
So like it would basically mean that every game is away from home apart from when they play Rangers and Celtic, and these games would have been played at Ibrox and Parkhead. That was the talk before. I don't know if that's part of the current talks, but if that's the case, then it means that basically every lonely league club are going to gain more money because they're going to gain an extra home game out of it. You know, so that was like the thought. Going back, no, I mean, going back to your earlier point you made, going back to the earlier point you made as well, you know, about um, we're not going to expect Premier League football. You know, if you're at that, if you're at that game, you wouldn't expect that level of football. I yeah. know that, and you know that, mm-hmm. but 90% of the Rangers support would probably go to that and go, this isn't very good because it's not what we're used to watching. Because you know it's that yeah. way with a women's game. You know, I've been I've yeah. been to, over the years a few women's games. And you don't get very many people at it because they think the standard's not very good. But you've got to go to it expecting that standard of football. That's that mm-hmm. concerns me. If we put a Colts team in the Lowland League, folk would go and give it a try and say that's not it's not what I'm looking for. But you've no, got to go into it, as you say, with the mindset of it's this level. Yeah, and of course, and I totally understand that. You know, I totally understand it. And I think I think there would have to be an understanding from supporters that were thinking about going to the matches that you're not going to see that standard because hey, like, the opposition's not that standard, you know. Yeah. But the possibility is you might get to see a young gem. You know, mm-hmm. you might have got to see a Billy Gilmer in a Rangers team at 16, 17 year old playing in the Lonely League. You know, you might have got to see somebody who's extra special at 16, 17 year old getting 30 or 40 games of football at that level. And that's the difference. I mean, at the moment, like I saw, there was a bit where they were talking to Ross Wilson, and he's talking about like the Croatian league and how many players come through there, like sort of B teams. I mean, you look at like Austria do it, Holland do it. You know, you see it in Portugal. I mean, the Portuguese teams are probably the very best at it. Mm-hmm. You know, their B teams are ridiculously strong. And these guys end up moving into the first team and then they move on for a hundred million because they're that good. But at the moment, as I say in Scotland, there's such a big gap between under-18 football and first-team football. And it's a real concern for me that we're going to start losing talented young footballers. Me, for instance, eh, Alex Lowry scores an unbelievable goal against Hibs a couple of days ago for the under-18s. One of the best goals you'll see. Where does Alex go once he's 18? Because at the moment, there's no real reserve platform for him to go anywhere. So, like... I look. We've, we've had we've had a wee comment, and I want to get to the comments a wee bit for Chris Zorro. The youth players' quality isn't in question. It's given these players experience of dealing with grown men. Well, now that, I suppose that is a point. You know, the, the fans might not be going expecting to see Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi every week, but I think that takes it away a wee bit from the quality that we actually do have at a youth level. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you listen to any of the players that have been out on loan. You know, at uh, at, sen- at senior level, and they say the biggest thing for them is playing against men, because the fact they're in the, Ra- the Rangers youth system tells you they're decent players. Because you don't you don't get in there to a level if you're if you've not got a bit of talent. Mm-hmm. It's how they can handle men's football, and you know they're going out to to, to play, uh, places like uh, like like Annan and Albion Rovers and teams like that, and they're playing against men, and they're playing against men who need to win the game. You know, they're playing mm-hmm. against men who probably. You know, they're getting paid expenses plus a bonus if they win. Because they probably still get that in some clubs at that level. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it'd be a great, it would, I'm all for it. It would be, be a brilliant testing ground for them. You know, as I say, it just worries me that a lot of people will think that 
They're expecting it to be a level that it just isn't going to be. But the yeah. good thing that I heard when they were talking about it is they're still going to keep, or they're hopefully going to, going to go back to the, the best three best games at that level as well. Um, which would be absolutely sensational, particularly if we can get those games scheduled at a time where you can get supporters in, because then you've got, you know, the Rangers B team playing the Bayern Munich youth team or, or you know, the, way, the way it was before Aye. the pandemic kicked in. And that's, that, that's a different level again. That, that, would, that would help as well. Aye, no, I get that. But, Wally, just to bring it kind of back to the Colts a little bit, is one of the main reasons that Rangers are wanting to do this because they would rather have the players at Auchenhowie, with no disrespect, rather than sending them to Dumbarton or Ross County or Livingston or whatever, so that they can keep a closer eye on their own players? Or is it a case of, yeah, we'll, we'll set, we'll, we'll open up these Colts, but we still want players out and loan to players, to teams, sorry, in higher leagues? Yeah, look, that'll 100% happen. Me, for instance, it's like, if you look at somebody like Stephen Kelly, say that Stephen Kelly was a 17, 18-year-old next season and he could go to the Colts or there's a team in the Championship that want to take him in loan, well, he's going to go to the Championship because mm -hmm. it's a better level for Stephen. And if he's going to get 30 games at the Championship, that's a great thing for him. So like, not every player's going to drop down and play for the Colts. I think that's something we need to get out there straight away. you know. And I think like the main aim for this is that when guys are basically getting to like the 18s level, there is no next step for them. But the next step now would be to move them into the Colts. Mm -hmm. Or if they're a special talent, like, i.e. we spoke about earlier on, the fact that like Leon King's training with the first team, the fact that Billy Gilmer was an exceptional player, he could have been out playing in the Lowland League at 16 years old, at 17 years old. And even those 15 or 20 games takes him up to that next level. Mm. And that's the kind of idea I think that they're trying to put out there. But I think the concern, and I understand it, and I've said it a hundred times, I totally understand why like, supporters of these clubs are against it. But from a club's point of view, the opportunity to get potentially guaranteed money for basically letting Rangers and Celtic in in the current climate, it's got to be something that's got to be looked at. And as I said earlier, if Rangers can bring in a sponsorship as can Celtic, if they can get a television deal, if they can get those extra 100 people to turn up, that's huge money for these lowland league clubs. You know? And it also benefits us because we are almost like having total control over these kids when they're out and loan. Because we would have somebody managing them, they would be training ways all week, they would get to see what it's like to be a first-team player. Because that's something at the moment we can't provide at Rangers unless they go out and loan. So moving forward, I would love to see it happen, but I do understand the other side of it, you know. And I think it's something that, you know, if it is possible and it is going to happen, I really hope it does go through. I think the cat disagrees. But um, Aye, just, definitely just, just before we move on, because there's a couple more things I want to ask, but I do have to say for everybody watching that hopefully from next season, obviously um, COVID allowing, um, our match reactions, which seem to be quite popular, um, we will be doing them from outside Ibrox. Um, regardless if it's pissing down, if it's snowing, 
Wolf will be there with his Armani jacket on. Absolutely no problem. Um, and we have Castor loyal. If you don't mind, thank you. <laughs> Castor, he's Castor. Only Castor for me, mate. <laughs> and of course, we have uh, and uh, on YouTube we have started the super chat. So if you want to help support the podcast, please do send in your your super chats. Any money raised at all gets put straight back into the podcast. We're also supporting RYDC. So any way you can support us is greatly, greatly appreciated. Now, Wolf, back to the Colts. Um, oh, hold on, Michael Janan. Are you planning anything for the Aberdeen game? Um, if you follow us on Twitter, Michael, we may possibly be. We're just going to wait to see what happens and if it can be arranged. Um, back to the Colts, Wolf. Um, I suppose one of the big things here is that with the ongoing negotiations, I suppose we have to be able to get promoted. I suppose is that fair? It can't be a case of we're stuck in the Colts, uh, stuck in the uh, Lowland League. Well, given that it's only a one-year trial, um, I can't see any way that the that, that is to be promoted. Because um, to be be promoted, the low the lower leagues, the the fit the bottom tier of the pyramid, the SPFL have already said they don't want us in the bottom league, so that they wouldn't let us get promoted. So initially, I don't think I don't think that would be possible. But it would be nice to see it. Um, if they, if they decide after a year's trial it works, it would be nice to see if they just treated us like any other Lowland League mm. club. And if we, if we won the title, then we played off against the Highland League winners. And then they played off, you know, against the bottom of the second division. And we see how far it takes us. But there would obviously be a caveat that we couldn't go probably any further than the top of League One because I can't see them allowing a Rangers team, in, a Rangers coach team in the championship, for example. But at the moment, I can't see any way that promotion would be possible because... Uh, League League Two have already said they don't they don't want us admitted, so that would be counterproductive. Really. No promotion, William. Well, not for this one year, you know, trial. I mean, that's I think like sort of part of the process that there would be no promotion for Rangers or Celtic. Clearly, Rangers is out would have to be accepted out of the loan league on a permanent basis before that could happen, and then there would be an opportunity. But I agree with Wolf. I think they would. I think there would be like a limit as to how far they would allow us to go. I don't know if they would let us out in the championship. Obviously, we couldn't play in the Premier League because, you know, that would just make a mockery of it. <laughs> yeah, look, I think if the one-year thing went well and the finances were there and things were turning over and there was a few that, you know, more could be done, I still think there's a lot more to be done in Scottish football, just kind of like sort of pushing away from it a, a little bit. I think there's a lot more to be done with the pyramid system. Mm-hmm. I still think over the coming years we're going to see change. I think we will eventually see Rangers and Celtic Colts as part of the pyramid on a permanent basis. I do think that will happen at some point. It's just a matter of, like everything else in football these days, money does talk. Mm-hmm. And if if Rangers and Celtic can you know, get things in place for sponsorship, for television deals, for hospitality things, all these things at the end of the day, because... Let's be honest about it. See, as long as money's coming into most of these clubs, I don't see why they would want to turn down the opportunity to take in that money. I think it would be absolutely crazy to do so. And I think long term, it would only benefit Scottish football if the best young, talented footballers were playing regularly. It would help the national team for a start. It would it would be a huge thing for all the clubs that were willing to get involved in it. And as I said earlier, Rangers and Celtic are the only clubs that could get involved in this in the long term, Isla. 
No, no. Willie had a great, Willie had a great point there, Martin, about you know um, bringing in hospitality and stuff because, I mean, I would imagine the Lowland League is very similar to the Highland League, and I've obviously living up in Aberdeen, I've got a bit of experience of going to Highland League games and stuff, and I know a lot of their match day income is from hospitality. You know, guys will say, right, we're going to go and watch Fraserburgh against Huntley, and we're going for the guy's birthday, and we're buying out the hospitality box. Yeah. And so they buy up the whole hospitality. You'll probably you probably find in the Lowland League that Rangers Rangers fans and probably them as well would say, right, Rangers are coming to town. It's somebody's birthday. We'll just go hospitality. So rather mm-hmm. than paying their tenant, they end up pay thirty or forty quid for you know chicken chicken in a basket and a couple of beers as well. And that'll if there's ten or twenty guys doing that, that'll put their, their takers through the roof. You know, that mm-hmm. that would really really help. So I think that's that's another thing they could. They could benefit from greatly as long as they marketed it properly. Mm-hmm. Aye, true. And what, Michael? See if you ever see me at Ibrooks, gonna grab me so I know how to pronounce your effing name. Eh? <laughs> Just do me that favour, will you? Um, but Michael puts in, finally on this, William, and you've kind of mentioned this, but we'll just finish on this. Um, for the fans of lower league teams, the question is, is such a move the benefit for Scottish football or, or is it a move purely to benefit Rangers? And Celtic, because as we all know, mm-hmm. teams, clubs don't do stuff to benefit everybody. It's nine times out of ten to benefit benefit yourself. Well, like, clearly at the start, it's only going to benefit Rangers and Celtic because it's Rangers and Celtic that are involved in that first year. But as I keep saying, there is nothing in the future to stop an Aberdeen, a Hibs, a Hearts, a Dundee United who would be interested in doing this as well. And I say. I do think there will be change in the coming years. I do believe that, you know, the lower leagues that, like obviously Derek McMillan spoke about a lot of times, like your Darville and stuff like that, coming through your ex-junior teams, there's going to be a huge push and there is going to be change in Scottish football. And the biggest thing for me is we want to see more young players playing in Scotland. We want to see more young players playing regularly. We want to see more young players pushing themselves to be playing 50 or 100 games and then they could be in the Rangers first team, the Aberdeen first team, the Mullerwell first team, etc, etc. That can only benefit the whole of Scottish football and then it will benefit the national team. But certainly for that one year, Michael, it's only going to benefit Rangers and Celtic. But the idea would be that after that one year, there could be you know sort of productive talks with everybody and then we see where we go. Because change has to happen for Scottish football. At the moment, we can't even get a sponsor. The mm. television deal is one of the lowest in Europe. I mean, like the Scandinavian clubs have got bigger television deals than us. Ah, it's, it's, get, it's embarrassing. Yeah, like we've got two of the biggest yeah. clubs. You know, it's crazy. I mean, like, I just can't even understand it. I mean, uh, what people what people seem to have ignored in this, it happens to a certain extent up here already, not on a league basis, but in like the sort of regional cups. Because I mean, Aberdeen have played in the Aberdeenshire Cup for as long as I can remember. Inverness and Ross County play in like the, the North of Scotland Cup. It's not the first teams that go in for it. They put their either the reserves or the youth team in it. But they're already playing, you know, cup football against against local kind of Highland League and kind of amateur teams in the case of Inverness and Ross County. So it happens to an extent already. It's just a, this is just a case of branching it out a bit. Yeah. You know, I mean I, I I think if it... No, I was just going to say quickly, I mean it's purely that any time Rangers and Celtic put their name to something, a lot of supporters get their backs up and, and they see yep. it as a selfish right. thing. And 
you know, see what they should do. That's why the Rangers Celtic are saying, let's do it for one year. Let's see how this one year goes. If it's a complete catastrophe, then it's dead. It's dead in the water because you can't really bring it back up if it's been that bad. Mm-hmm. But see if it does well and there's more money coming into the game. And let's worry about it. Most fans will only just stop supporting their club. You know what I mean? Like if you supported your club, you're not going to get that annoyed. You know what to do? Come to the game and boo the young boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, that's a good thing because they're going to have to learn to get booed because if you play for Rangers or Celtic, at some point, you're going to have a lot of guys shouting abuse at you and you're going to get booed. Let's see it. You know, let's see how it works. The only way that Scottish football is going to improve is if we change the current state of it. And people need to understand this. As I said earlier, it's not just about Rangers and Celtic. This is about all of us. This is mm-hmm. about change. That was why I was delighted when I saw that eventually they signed off that Celtic Hearts were going to play Brora and that the winners of that tie were going to play Brecon. Because what happened last year was a complete disgrace. Aye. And I think all of us believe that for all Rangers, they've got three guys out and loan at Brecon. I think most people want to see Celtic in League 2 because there's too many teams in League 2 that have hang on and hang on and hang on purely because they want to be selfish and they don't really want teams from the Long League or Highland League being promoted. But the reality is, Celtic are a bigger club than half the teams in League 2 and they'll bring more to the game. You know, so all of look at the teams that have look at, look, at, yeah. look at the teams that have come up though since the pyramid came in. Edinburgh City's come up, they're doing really well. Cove Rangers have come up, they're doing really well. It's not yeah. how to stop Kelly Hearts doing exactly the same. Right, yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're, getting, we're, getting, we're getting off on a tangent on Kelty Hearts. Listen, it's been 25 no, but, but, minutes. What I'm trying to say is, obviously, see, because I changed, like, for far too long, like, nobody's wanted to see change. No, I get that, I know. Scottish so football's like the, very good at shooting itself in the foot. No, of course, but the big thing for me is, like, see if we don't change anything, nothing's ever going to get better. Mm-hmm. And, like, why would anybody want to sponsor the league? Why would anybody want to give us a better television deal? We've got to do more to improve what we've got. Let's give this coach thing a year. If it goes mm-hmm. well, let's look at what else we can do to improve the league. Because quite simply, Scottish football is stagnating mm-hmm. and it's not the best to watch for a lot of people. And like Sky and BT have got a pretty paltry money in it. Because let's be honest, but all they really care about is showing the Rangers the Celtic games. You know, the same with Premier Sports. Like Premier Sports for every cup game it's Rangers or Celtic that are on a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, and that's the reality of where it is. So we do need to see change and I hope that change No, we, we, we definitely do need to see change, but I've got another three items on the agenda that I really right, want to get go. to before nine o'clock at night. <laughs> but the, the problem with doing this live is that Andrew's just put in a great question that I want to put right, to you. Yeah. So can I ask you to keep this answer brief? Yes. Can you possibly manage that? Wolf, can you manage that? Yeah. Right. No problem. I'll take this to you first, Wilf. I worry about the protection of young boys we'll have on the pitch. These older players are going to kick the boys all over the park. I remember two elder tackles going into the third division. Now, is that something that we would have to worry about? Yes. William? <laughs> no, expand on that a bit, Wilf. <laughs> is that well, brief enough for you? Think... Yes, that, that's a concern I've got, definitely. No, look, I think there's always going to be a concern. But on the other side of the coin, you need to toughen some kids up, you know, and that's this part of the game. I'm sure the club are well aware that this could, you know, be a potential thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, we've sent guys out to League Two this season. We've sent guys out to League One. We've sent guys out to the Championship. And Stephen Kelly's obviously played for Ross County and Glen's been at St. Johnston. Robbie McCrory's been at Livingston, etc. Everybody needs to get toughened up in different ways. And you know what? See when somebody kicks you to one of these teams, you know what will happen? The young boys will toughen up and think, right, I'm going to leave one on him. And that's mm-hmm. how it works. And you need to toughen up and you need to be able to do it. And these young boys will know pretty quickly how it's going to be. You know, they've played against enough men's teams. When you look at even last season in the Challenge Cup, you know, they, they kicked out them a few times in a, a couple mm-hmm. of those games. They come up against absolute monsters down at Solihull. Guys that were like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, they were just punting balls into the box. But you know what? They come through the challenge and they won in penalties. And we made it through to the semi-final and we played really well against Inverness. So the only way to learn is sometimes to learn to get booted, to get kicked, to get punched, mm-hmm. to get nipped, to get... Right, you know, that was... That, 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 just it is, unfortunately. That was a very short answer, William. Cheers for that. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to... I don't want to ask you about this, right? Because Alan... Honestly, I mean, I want to move on, and you know I want to move on, and yet you put that in. So, we, yes, we do need to worry about plastic pitches, but we also need to worry about plastic pitches in the top league, never mind the lowland leagues. Um, we've got a question in for Forzarna, um, yep. which I had completely forgot about. William, um, we know who's in the Golden contract. Your thoughts on him being the player to leave? I don't have any concerns, I've got to be honest. I would imagine it's just a matter of the club just waiting to announce the news. You know, they seem to pick certain times to release news. Like the Sakala deal, it just happened to be the same kind of time factor that they put it out on that specific day at that specific time. And mm-hmm. I mean, I believe that Golson signed his new contract and it's just a matter of the club waiting to announce it. You know, I Is think... Is that inside I, knowledge? Sorry? Is that inside knowledge? No, not at all. I'm just saying <laughs> I believe that... You know, the club do their business very quietly mm-hmm. and I believe that a lot of business is done and it's just a matter of waiting for the right time, you know, to announce it. A lot of these things are set in motion where they'll be out taking specific photographs at specific times and, you know, they want to release it on a certain day at a certain time. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, like, the day that we are handed the league title that certain things are announced that day. Mm-hmm. You know, that we announced, like, or there's a new three-year extension for that player, or or that Ryan Kent did this, or you know, like it's it's just how it works now. It's all part of the bigger business sense. It's all understanding, you know, the right time to put things out. I truly believe that Connor will sign for another few years, and it will be a huge part of Rangers for the next two or three years anyway. Well, RFC fifty-five, Golden Kamara and Kent will sign new deals. But are you worried at all, Wolf, that there's been that that the Rangers are maybe stalling to announce? Um, Goldson signing a new deal, or maybe the fact that he hasn't signed a new deal. No, I'm 100 with, with with William. I I think he, if he hasn't signed, he will sign, and it'll be announced in due course. And I think he likes it here. I think he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. He definitely, to me, he definitely wants a shot at the Champions League. He won't get that anywhere else. As we said previously, he, he he could leave, but he wouldn't go to a team that's in the Champions League mm-hmm. because he's not at that level yet. I don't think. So if he wants the Champions League football, which he's bound to want after the season he's had, then no, I'm quite confident that he, if he hasn't already, he will sign. It's just a case of getting it announced. Well, Cubby Cubstead agrees with both of you. These players ain't going anywhere. We've got the Champions League to look forward to, which will be a draw for all our big players, Ryan Kent, Tavernier, etc. etc. That's why they signed. I mean, that's why they signed for Rangers. They signed for mm-hmm. Rangers to one league title. Gerard as well. 
Right, you know what I mean? That's I mean that's the be all and end all. So winning this league title was only one step in the ladder. The next step for us is to now get into the Champions League group phase and bring all that money back into the club again. And once you do that, you can then go into the marketplace and spend a little bit more in wages. You can spend a little bit more in transfer fees. You know, that's all part of the bigger picture. That's why, like, the deal for Sakala is absolutely perfect, that he comes in at a time where we're looking to add quality. But he doesn't cost us a fee. Okay, the guy's probably got a signing on fee. There's been agents' fees paid. He'll be on probably a decent wage. But the overall package for that deal is one that works perfectly for the club at the moment because we haven't managed to make it into the group stage as of yet. Hopefully, mm-hmm. in the not-too-distant future, that will be the case. Let's hope so. Now, I think Peaceful Warrior has seen my agenda because he's asking thoughts on Middleton today. So, Wolf, I'll start with yourself. Um, now, I have to caveat this by saying I haven't seen, apart from the games I've played against them, um, any of St Johnston. Maybe I should have had Ross on because I don't know if any of you know. He's the brother of Xander Clark. I don't know if you know that. Um, but your thoughts today on Glenn Middleton, Wolf? From what I saw at the game, and I wasn't really paying any attention until he came on, um, he, he certainly changed the game in St Johnson's favour mm-hmm. uh, from the little bits that I saw of the first hour or so before he came on it wasn't great I mean I saw I've seen, seen comments on our group chat and on Twitter that it was possibly the worst 45 minutes of football in the history of football so it must have been fairly bad although that was only that was only young Scott that said that so that could really mean anything <laughs> but, um, but you know he certainly came on and changed the game I mean he, he did what I've seen him do before I mean I've been fortunate enough to see Glenn a little bit when he was when he was in our in our youth in our youth system and we could go to games not as much as William will have seen. Um, and I've actually I've almost felt really sorry for him because he's he's too to me he's too good for the youth setup, but he's not mm. consistent enough to hold down a place in the first team. Mm. Um, but no, he's, he certainly changed the game for them today without any question. Well, I and his goal managed. was I, well, see that his goal right. I mean, it was a good free kick and all that, but I mean, Almwick, I actually think Almwick's a very good goalkeeper. He's got to save that. But I was at my little brother's, um, my little brother plays for Queen's Park and I was at the under-16s because it was in a public park, so no COVID restrictions broken. Um, And that was a far better game than that Scottish Cup semi-final. William, your thoughts then on Middleton? Obviously, there's a lot of chatter. Um, I've seen a bit on Twitter. That's where I got the idea for the agenda. I'm not going to take credit for it. Um, middle, we've discussed them before, it was a while ago, right enough. Um, like Wolf says, is he, is he good enough for Rangers? When you look at where we are now, I don't think Glenn will ever be a Rangers first team player, but that's not been disrespectful to Glenn because there's a lot of guys who are there at the moment who probably aren't going to be there next season. For me, when you look at Glenn, is he's a good footballer, I mm-hmm. think he's improved over the last year to 18 months. I think you can see little parts of his game that have improved. When you look at him coming off the bench today, he assists the first goal. It's a good ball across. The guy Kane obviously gets in front of the defender and knocks it by him. And then it's a quality free kick. I disagree with the goalkeeper. I think when you see the movement and the pace on that ball, I genuinely don't think that a goalkeeper will get close to that. I genuinely think it was a it was a pure hit. It was right in the middle of the goal. But see the thing is, like, see when you're standing there and that boy's moving about and the pace on that ball, it's easy for us who are non-goalkeepers to sit and say, oh, I, he should be saving that. I mean, I've been at games at Ibrox and I've thought, should I save that? And then I get back home and you just see the ball going, you're like, 
all right, I'll forgive him on that one. <laughs> because, like, the balls flew by him. Like, you no, just can't... To, no, just on that, right? I was a goalkeeper for Shotland's Academy, right? Hey, uh, mate, I, played, I, I, played, I played at high school <laughs> level, right? I would have saved that. No, I don't think so, mate. It's about... I would have saved that. Well, I'm taking nothing maybe several, maybe several stone ago. Well, well, yeah, I've been 20 stone ago, but if, but, well, if... I think going back to Glenn, I think Glenn needs to now go somewhere mm-hmm. where he's going to play. I think at this stage of his career, these continual loans are not really where he needs to be. I mm-hmm. think in the summer, it's maybe a time to sit down and see where he goes next. I think a bit like Greg Dockery. Greg was a fine footballer and mm-hmm. he's done really, really well for Hull. But it just didn't fit into how we were wanting to play. I mean, I was very excited when we signed Greg Dockery. I thought he would have been a great fit for us because of his energy, the ability to play box to box. But it just never really kind of hit. But as you look at him down at Hull, the fans love him. He's part of a team that's just get promoted to the championship. So like, none of these guys are bad footballers. It's just that some guys aren't just going to be enough to play at Rangers. And it's not a disrespectful thing. It's just that some players need to move on for the benefit of their career. And I think from Glenn's point of view, if the club can get, I don't know, a six-figure fee for him, plus a sell-on fee, so that if he goes down to England, say, and he does well, and then he moves a season or two later for a higher fee, Rangers get another percentage of that fee. And I think that's how we need to do business now. Mm -hmm. And from Glenn's point of view, I'm delighted for him. He's potentially going to play in a cup final. You know, what more can the kid ask for when he went out and loan to St Johnston? I know, and I'm going to move on. And I've seen a comment, and I'm actually fear to take this question to Wolf, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of discussion today, Wolf, during the game. Obviously, you weren't paying that much attention. Um, but if St Johnston left the Scottish Cup, is Davidson manager of the year? In my opinion, no, but he'll win it. I think he'll win it anyway now because he's got the two cup finals. Whether he wins the Scottish Cup or not, I think he's a stick on for it. But if he wins it, he'll definitely get it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he's a manager of St. Johnston and he's got the two cup and he's won he's won two cups if he wins it. Mm-hmm. I think the fact he's got St. Johnston two cup finals, he'll win it anyway, whether they win the cup or not. Yourself or I don't think he should, because there's only one man should be manager of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I think like, but, things are always perceived differently when a manager out with Rangers the Celtic gets to two cup finals and potentially wins two of them. I think more than often he'll win the manager of the year. I think normally when a manager you know potentially takes a team to 38 games undefeated, which obviously Steven Gerrard could do if we don't lose any of the next two games, that would normally be enough to be manager of the year. But I do agree with Wolf, I think, when it comes to it, I can see him being the manager of the year. And without being disrespectful to him, it's clearly a great achievement. But in Scotland, for me, the league will always be the priority. Mm-hmm. And from my point of view, I don't really know if Steven Gerrard would be that bored about not being manager of the year as long as in the 15th of May they get to lift the league title. I'm not really too sure how much else really matters. Uh, let's be honest, Steve, if, if it's no Davidson that gets it, it'll be Steve Clark. I have never known an international manager to get manager of the year in my, my life. For the simple fact that it wasn't a year 
that he, he qualified. It was over two. But anyway, I don't like when you're an absolute <laughs> nonsense. Um, I was going to do a wee bit on free transfers, guys, but as time's getting on, I thought yes. I would just finish off with the Livingston preview. A strange preview, Well, because, I mean, if we're being brutally honest, the only thing really that's on the line is the unbeaten record. Um, how are the players going to manage to motivate themselves for this? The fact that Rangers players, that, sh- that should be motivation enough for them, to me. But, I mean, look, looking at it, they, they'll be they'll, they'll know that they're within, they're within 180 minutes of an unbeaten league record. That's mm-hmm. that's incredible. That's mm-hmm. I mean, that's something very, very, very rare. It happens very, doesn't happen very often at all, and it's it's all they've got left to play for, and it's something that they want. And I'm I'm hoping that the manager says to them, "Look, you guys are the first eleven. If you want to be on the pitch when we pick up that trophy against Aberdeen, go out there and show it against Livingston. You want to be on the pitch against Aberdeen, and that'll that'll take care of Livingston, and then we'll worry about Aberdeen and Saturday. Very, very strange game, though, William. Um, and and I say that because look, there's been plenty of seasons when. You know, there's a two or three, four games to go. The league's being decided. The kind of run-in doesn't really matter that much. But it's been that long since we've been going towards the end of the season as champions that I think yeah. most fans are just desperate to get to that Aberdeen game and see us lift a trophy. So is there any chance that that spills into the players? No, and I think the good thing for us potentially, obviously it was disappointing to get knocked out of the cup, but the players have had 10 days off between games. The players have not really had that for quite a while, you know, and that's one of the big things for me. For me, the players should be refreshed. They should be mm-hmm. ready to go in these last two games. As Wolf says, 180 minutes to be one of the most impressive things you will have seen in my lifetime. I mean, let's be honest, we've seen better Rangers teams than this one, who haven't been here on defeated all season. Mm-hmm. So, it's a pretty impressive achievement if we do get it done. And for me, as Wolf said earlier on, and he's absolutely spot on. See, every time you pull on that jersey, that should be enough. Because we demand it. Like We demand that the players perform when they pull on that jersey. Whether it's a friendly, whether it's a European game, or whether it's a game in Scotland, we demand that the players perform. And I think this group of players understand that. And I think you've seen the uh, you know, the annoyance and the anger after the two defeats we've had in Scotland this year in the cup competitions. The players know that they've let themselves down. Mm-hmm. Well, I truly believe that the I mean, players they... will to finish this season off strongly. Sorry, Martin. The other, the other thing as well, you've got to think about, okay, we, we've got a reason to be motivated because we are two games away from an unbeaten season. How do the mm-hmm. Livingston players motivate themselves? What, what yeah. have they got to play for? They're, they're, they're probably already on the beach because mm, they're, they're, they're in a league position that they can't get out of. They're not going anywhere. They're not, they can't go any higher. They can't go any lower. They've got... They've got zero motivation other than the professional side to play for. The only thing I can think their motivation would be to stop our unbeaten run. But is that really that important to them? No, probably not. That'll be important to Aberdeen on Saturday. I don't yeah. think it'll be important to Livingston on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. So so yeah. on that on that then, well, um, that unbeaten run, is that gonna heap a wee bit of added pressure on us on Wednesday then? No, I don't think so. I, if I can't see any. I can't see any way that Rangers go to Livingston and don't get don't get a positive result. Hmm. Hmm. Just because of what, what, what we've said that the they'll just be told, look, go out there, put on a performance. When, when you when you win yourself a, a place in the team for Saturday, 
Mm. And then we can all go and really enjoy Saturday and just put put mm. that away. I, don't, I I can't see any way we'll we'll take it lightly at all. The management team wouldn't allow that, I don't think. Can I just say a hello to Eck McLeish? Very lovely name, I love it. And a big hello to my good friend Andrew Bluebells. Andrew, my friend, I hope you're well. Um, so I'll just take I'll just take that to you then quickly, William. Is there any possibility that you know there's that added pressure with this unbeaten one? Because, like you say, look, there's always pressure playing for Rangers, um, just because it's Rangers. But I, I get this feeling for the fans that this game's kind of just going to skip them by. So is there that wee bit of added pressure on, on the Rangers players in with this unbeaten one at stake? I don't think so. I really like, I don't see it like that. For me, you know, the players know that this next game is just one that they need to go and win. And I agree with Wolf, like it's a tough one for Livingston. Livingston are in that kind of nowhere position. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't... I don't know how like they get themselves motivated for it in a lot of ways. And that has been the problem over the years. Like you saw when we've been in second position and you can't go any like lower than second. It's hard to keep that going. And you saw in previous seasons, even under Walter Smith, when we've won the league early and we've then went and lost maybe like two games towards the end of the season. And it's just how it is with these games. But like the players do have a motivation here. And it is purely to try and win these next two games. I want to see these win the next two games and win them well. And finish the season off in a manner that you know sort of fits a team that's going to be invincible potentially. I well, I mean, Andrew's something a wee bit quick. Two seconds, well, he's put three 0 Now the way he's put that, I'm judging that as three 0 to Livingston, which I think surely <laughs> perfect. I'm, sure I'm sure that's not what he means. I, I, I don't know. But he's the got point to was, the point I was going to make. The other, the other motivating for or emotivating factor for us could be. The, that the spaghetti had the only place we haven't won this season because we drew nil nil mm. earlier in the season, so we haven't won there. Mm, so that's true. If, if they're looking for motivation, let's just say, look, you know, put put that right, you know, get get us just get us a positive result. But like we were saying, I can't see any way we won't get a positive result on Wednesday. Although I think we did win there one nothing. Did Morelos no score the last time we were there? We, uh, we won it in the 88th, 89th minute. Yes, this is the third time there this season. Nah, well, you, know, so you, you can edit that bit, but I wish I could. I wish I could. People watching now, <laughs> you know what I need to part with. Wolf always makes it that I'm the idiot who gets stuff wrong. It's actually <laughs> Wolf. Um, but 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 look, well, what kind of threat then? Because it has been, and and most of the games that we've played, especially kind of under Martindale and stuff, a difficult place to go. So, what kind of threat can we expect from Livingston? I understand what Wolf's saying, look, they've not got a lot to play for, but they're still playing, you know, the second best team in the country, if you listen to some people. Well, look, I mean, they're a big physical team. You know, they're a unit. They're very good for set plays. You know, that's where they score a lot of their goals. They're very good for set plays. They've added some players this year, I think, that are of a slightly better quality than what they've had before. Um, And I think you still need to be watchful of how they play. You know, they're not going to come at us that much, I don't think. You know, they're basically going to do what they did in the last game there, which is sit in, look for free kicks, look for corners, look to try and get balls into the box. It's up to us to get on the front foot and get goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, also, unfortunately, over the two games, we have only scored, like, one goal there. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice to see us go there and, you know, score three or four. And obviously on that pitch... There is always a thought in the back of the manager's mind, I think, at times that maybe certain players don't play that well on that particular surface. In my opinion, it is one of the poorer ones in Scotland. I know I'm not a big fan of the whole Astro thing in general, but I do think Livingston's is one of the poorer out of the lot of them. Yeah, it is. 
it, it very much is. And Wolf, that's a good point. You know, it always has been a difficult place for us to go. Yeah, it has. It has always been. Yeah, and it, I think it will continue to be just because of the surface. I mean, they've got the, the benefit of training on it all the time, whereas we're only on it when we play on it. And it is, it is a fairly poor surface. If you watch games, yeah, the ball, you don't know what the ball's going to do. But we're a better football team. So as long as we work hard, do our, do our job, well, I don't see any problems at all. And Jedi Bob, good comment. Actually, every team in Scotland want to beat Rangers right now. If Livingston win, I suppose they can say they're the only team that's beat us over 90 minutes. I suppose, obviously, if you take away St Merman, St Johnston in the Cups. So he says, so I feel Livingston will want to beat that team as as well, obviously, Aberdeen. I suppose that's a motivate, motivating factor for them all, you must suppose. Yeah, well, any time you play Aberdeen, you know it's going to be a, you know, a tough game, especially with the new manager. A lot of these players will want to prove to the manager that they're good enough to be there next season. You know, I think that's more of a threat, Aberdeen at Highbrox. Although, to be honest with you, I think the way we played against Aberdeen this year shows, you know, the quality we've got. Obviously, under the new manager, there'll be differences in terms of maybe how they play, how they set up. I've not really seen them since the new manager took over. Stockman's. Well, look, aye. It's difficult, Oswin. You don't see a lot of the opposition, you know, that's difficult. I would imagine they'll be slightly differently set up in some ways. But, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's why, you know, the coaching staff are there. That's why the analytics guys are there. It's why... You know, everything is recorded these days and watched back and broken down and they show the weaknesses of the opposition. We heard the manager saying that eh, after the Celtic game. He says, like, so, I mean, you analyse Celtic, they've got a weak point and it's right at the heart of their defence. And their midfield and up front. That's pretty oh, much the Celtic look, problem. You can sit and flag Celtic to your heart's content, but the biggest weakness in that Celtic team is their two centre-backs and their full-backs, potentially. And that's why the manager went pretty much with two up top in that last league game because he mm. knows that's the biggest way of hurting them. For me, when you look at Livingston, I don't think the fullbacks are the best. So it might be one of those games where, yeah, again, we're going to talk about Scott Wright. It might be an opportunity to play Wright and Kent. As we're going to come to that. We're back. going to come to that. We're going to come to that. Don't you jump the gun, Sir William. <laughs> so, well, uh, starting lineups. <laughs> right, so... Actually, we've we've discussed all season, you know. Um, what, what was that? Just 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 what? Just waiting on Martin's kid to call time on the show. That's a very good point. She has been at the window twice, so I better hurry up. Um, well, we've we've discussed many times. Look, how's he going to start? Who's he going to pick? Who suits this game? Who suits that game? Has he? Has Gerard actually got a real selection headache now? Simply because does he play the city's strongest eleven? Does he bring guys in who haven't had any time? And I'm thinking about guys like Greg Stewart, people like that. What does he do? I think for Wednesday against Livingston, I don't think he'll make a lot of changes. I think I would expect Scott Wright to start uh, just because just because of the pitches. A pitch he's used to playing on. He's played on it a fair bit with Aberdeen, so I would expect Scott Wright to start. Um, possibly in place of Kamar Roof because he's had a, a couple of niggling injuries at that pitch probably would, wouldn't help. Apart from that, I don't I don't think he'll make a lot. Of, he can't really make a lot of changes because we don't particularly have the personnel. I mean, the, the defence picks itself because we've got nobody else. Hmm. You know, the the, the, mid, the midfield where you've got you've got no you've got no Jack. You know, um, you've got no Scott Arfield. So the midfield more or less picks itself. It's going to be Davis Kamara and. Well, one other, I expect the other to be Scott Wright. You know, so I don't think there'll be there'll be wholesale changes. I think you might change the goalkeeper. Though. 
I've got I a few will see. Aye, but but well, and I'll take this to William. William, well, I was thinking more along the lines of look, does Inton start instead of Morelos, or does Defoe start? Does James Maxwell, who we have been fortunate enough, well, William's been fortunate enough to sit down and have an interview with, which will be out very, very shortly, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Does he bring in Leon King to try him at centre-back? You know, does he bring in maybe a couple of the youth well, guys to start centre-back? I don't think James is, is able to play because his contract, like his loan contract, runs until the end of May. So I don't right. think he would be available to play or any of the other loan players. Leon is a possibility if... If Bournemouth misses the game, then I think there's two options. It's to move Joe Aribo back to left-back, mm-hmm. or we move Jack Simpson to left-back and play Leon at centre-back. Mm-hmm. Because if Bournemouth misses out, we don't have a backup left-back because James can't play and Calvin Bass is suspended, or he's mm-hmm. banned, whatever you want to call it. So we do have an issue at left-back. Can... You know? No, you go, Will. Can Leon King, can, can Leon King play left-back? He could, he could, mate. But I think Jack is probably would be better in that position because I think he's natural on his left foot. Whereas if you put Leon yeah. in there, I don't think it would be quite as comfortable, if you know what I mean. But like either way, I'm I mean, just if Leon chance to start, it's you know it would be his first minutes in the league. He's obviously only played in that cup tie against Falkirk. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I was disappointed that he didn't come on against Celtic. I felt at that stage of the game we could have gave him. 10 or 15 minutes. So for me, that was a slight disappointment. But I'm not going to be critical when we beat Celtic 4-1. But, <laughs> yeah. but, because, but because I watched the academy, obviously, and I want to see the boys come on the pitch, I thought that was a great opportunity to give Leon those minutes. And if we're now forced into a corner where, like, Bournemouth potentially isn't fit enough to play, I would love to see Leon start. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a great thing for the kid. He's 17 years old. He's a cracking footballer. He's he's somebody that I believe is is going to be a special talent. So let's get him in there. Let's see how he gets on. And I don't think he would let anybody down, to be honest with you. Well, see, well, if I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, horrible plastic pitch, and I know this doesn't correlate, you know, injuries, there's no big difference between injuries on grass and injuries on plastic pitches. It's a, it's just a proven fact, right? Um, but you've still got that in your head, plastic pitch, Jamie Murphy, what if that happens to Ryan Kent? So, obviously, if there's not been much on the line, is that a game you would say, we'll leave out Kent and we'll play him against Aberdeen? No, I, don't, I, I think if Ryan Kent's fit, he plays, no matter who the opposition is and what the venue is. I just think he's he's one of the players. He's like he's like Goldson, uh, Tav, Ryan Kent. If they're fit, if they're fit they play. Simple. Mm. It doesn't matter what the game is, where it is, I just expect them to play. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I just I have to peaceful warrior. That is a fantastic comment, mate. I've got <laughs> right, we're going to finish off with the predictions, which I don't think anybody has ever got one right since we started. Them. Yeah, no, no, um, no, I think I get quite close to the Celtic game. Well, when did that be? Nothing or four one. I can't remember. No, no, I got, I got one right at some point in the middle of the season. But... He did. No, he definitely did. See, that's why I just don't I got one right. Some, some Right, William, prediction and first goal scorer on Wednesday night, please. Is it not Tuesday night, no? No, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> Don't you I start? Wait. <laughs> uh, I'll go for 2-0 Rangers. Mm. 
and Ryan Kent first goal. Wolf. Right, okay, it's Wednesday. It's a six o'clock kickoff. Remember, mm-hmm. early kickoff. It's only available. It's only available for a score on Livingston TV unless you go on holiday and buy it off Rangers. Oh, aye. So there you go. What are you thinking? Well, or Germany, which, we wouldn't, which we wouldn't advocate. Absolutely. But, what are you uh, thinking? To answer well, the question, Belgium, Belgium, Germany, what are you thinking? Uh, possibly Holland. Possibly, Holland. possibly nip over to Amsterdam. Maybe go to Holland. Maybe pop over to Holland. <laughs> right. Prediction. But, uh, score, score prediction. 3-0 to Rangers. And sitting thinking about a first goal scorer. You know the name that came into my head was Marvin Bartley on goal. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why it's come into my head. So we'll go for that. Andrew Bluebells agrees with you as well. Peaceful Warrior, I think he's on the he's he's three now with Alfie first goal scorer. So we will have obviously live reaction on Wednesday. It will be the final live reaction of the season. Um we're hoping to get something sorted for Aberdeen, but if we don't, um, you know, we might be places. I shall Keep you updated on social media. Uh, William Wolf, gentlemen, thank you very much. Good evening. Thank you for everybody watching and commenting. Um, like, share, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like. Hit the subscribe button. Help us get to 2K. We're getting so, so close to 2K subscribers on YouTube, which is phenomenal because we only started in November. Um, as soon as I say that, my phone starts lighting up. So thank you for subscribing. Um, we shall be back on Wednesday with a live match reaction. Um, and a lot more to come from the Rangers rabble in the in the post season as well. Um, yeah. So keep your eyes peeled for that. So thank you everybody for tuning in, and we shall speak to you very 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 soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.